This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello and welcome to episode four, series three of the Boundary Park Alert System podcast with me, Annie Halliwell, and I'm, I'm joined today. My co-host is Dave Bradders Bradley from his hotel room in York. Morning, Dave. How are you? Yeah, morning. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, good to be uh, wanted for a change by uh, the guys other than being abused by Matt. So yeah, always nice. Well, Matt's not with us today because he... Um, had a heavy day yesterday, so uh, you've been drafted in as his his replacement. As, and as, yeah. uh, because because we're not familiar with it, you and I had a little practice about ten minutes ago, didn't we? You were having your breakfast with your wife in a in a hotel in York, and we were yeah. both bemoaning the fact that somehow I don't know how he does it, but Matt seems to palm off all of the uh, jo- jobs to me and you somehow, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he's he, yeah he, he has a go at me for being a Tory, but he has got some Tory undertones with his sort of uh, work ethic, hasn't he? Give it to the uh, give it to everyone else to do, and just uh, reap the benefits. So yeah, he knows it as well. He knows it as well. Exactly. Uh, also on today's episode from Push the Boundary, Adam Keeley. Morning, Adam. Well, actually, afternoon. We're recording in the afternoon today. Afternoon. Yeah, it's unusual. Good afternoon. You're right. Yeah, um, and you've got a child's food all over you, apparently. Yeah, we had a, an eventful morning of uh, food being thrown up, so a change of T-shirt was needed, but we're all ready to go now, so all good. Someone who hopefully hasn't got food all down in front of him is uh, is our fan guest today, and I will give him his uh, ritual introduction. So today's fan guest, his first game was a nil-nil draw with Arsenal in the Premier League, sat in front of the fence of the, of the looker stand. Um, well, he doesn't remember a great deal about that season. It's around 97. His favourite first player was Lee Duxbury. His favourite Latics memory is has to be the Fulham game, he says, due to celebrating a win with his lad who got who had never seen him really win much beforehand. That's a common theme. People keep saying that. No surprising facts about himself particularly, other than you may well uh, know him on social media quite prolifically tweeting car registration plates of people that he thinks Latics are going to sign. Good morning, Dean Hutchings. Good afternoon, actually. I've done it again. again. Yeah, second appearance, so thanks for having me on again. You're very, very welcome. You're very welcome. Well, it's been another eventful week. Um, it, we picked up a very late win against Oldershot Friday. We'll talk about that. We'll, we'll get straight into the fanzoni, I think. We'll do that straight away. So the fanzoni recorded before the game. This is what people had to say just before kickoff. Fanzoni! I have just with what's your name, pal? Uh, Jake. Jake what? Fallon. What do you think about tonight? Uh, nice night. Good evening for it. 3-2 to Latics. Nice little win. And then out in Oldham after. What do you think of the last few results that we've just had? What do you think we need to change? Probably the players playing probably more for the club and get the atmosphere of the fans at the moment has been excellent. Uh, I feel like they, use, they need to use the atmosphere a bit more behind them. And what do you think of the new signings? Are you impressed or...? Looking well, looking well. Dan Gardner's creating a stronger middle for us. Uh, unfortunately, with the red card and 
the injuries. We'll see how he gets on. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you. Hi, I'm just there. Uh, what's your name, please? Uh, Anthony Thomas. What do you think of the last few games and the results? Well, they could, could have been a lot better, really. Uh, just got to build on it. I mean, you win one, draw one, lost two. Just got to uh, sort of progress a little bit. And what do you think about uh, the Hawks of tonight? Do you think we'll get a win? I'm hoping so. <laughs> what score? 2-0. I don't really know much about the uh, the older shot side, so first 15 minutes, uh, take it easy and then try and get your, get your first goal and then uh, just take it from there, basically. Thanks very much. Cheers. No problem. Hi, I'm just David. What's your name, please? Uh, Cy Talner. Cy, last few games not been the greatest of results. What do you think tonight's going to bring? Uh, well, you never know with us, do you? You know what I mean? Might not have been the greatest of results, but off the field, much improved. Drastically improved, which we're all obviously happy about. Uh, slowly, I reckon we'll build and build. So, I'm hoping for a win. But, you know... It, it, Come on, Simon, what's your prediction for tonight? I'm going 2-1. Who's going to score? Uh, well, I haven't seen the team sheet yet, so I'm going to say Hope. First goal. Uh and someone probably a defender from a corner I want to say Hogan but I don't know if he's playing no, or not. I, th- I think he's injured for three months he's up for three really? months yeah 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 alright yeah. uh, I like the look of that Burgess you know Yeah. he seems to really like get on the ball it's like fun, so I'll go with him if he's playing cheers Simon thanks very much cheers hi yeah. I'm just saying uh, we watch your name please pal I'm not pushing you through a Cliff bit, Mitchell what, what do you think of the last few games Cliff I only sort of the last home one so I look away it's been poor to be fair it's not been as good as what it could have been but give him time give him time to gel do you think he's got time though Sheridan because there's a few people in the fan base calling for his head already do you think that's uncalled for or do you think that's a fair assessment I think he's a bit uncalled for yet we're what we're four or five games in give him a chance you know what I mean so what's your uh, what's your prediction for tonight then just a win I just want three points come I'll... on give us a score come on Porter 1 1-0 Porter I think he's injured well, there we go then. Who cares? Look, it comes off the defender's ass. <laughs> Thanks very much, mate. Oh, Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Hi, I'm just here. What's your name, pal? Hello. I'm Oliver and I'm here. <laughs> Are you excited for tonight's game? Yeah, it's really good. Um, I'm hoping that we win and that that would be great if we win because we're just another step closer to being in League Two again. What score do you think it'll be tonight? 2 1. Who do you think will score? Um, the striker Hallam Hope. All right, okay. Yeah. If he's playing, yeah. If he's playing, and um, the I don't know the name for the central attacking midfielder, but I think he'll. Burgess. Yeah. Right, brilliant. Thanks, Oliver. Hey, grazie mille, panzone. Well, there was a couple of people in there that could have cleaned up at the bookies. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good predicting going on from some people, to be absolutely fair. What, what, what did you make? Who went to the game? So you were there, brothers, weren't you? Yeah, Obviously, I was there. Adam, Adam, you were there as well. Dean, yeah. you were at a wedding. So go yeah, on. I didn't make it, so, yeah, unfortunately. So go on then, brothers. Give us, we, have, we haven't got a, a recorded match report from you this week, so give it as live now. Yeah, well, well, it'll be a sober one, so that's always a positive. Um, <laughs> I thought, 
I thought he played well. Um, Threkeld and Mitchell Roberts are really good signings. Uh, Threkeld reminds you of a bit of a, a Duxbury-esque battler, then giving it to Gardner. You know, like the Sheridan and Duxbury of old. He got stuck in. Uh, he played really well. He played some good passes. Everyone said he was quite slow, but I thought he, I thought he was okay. Uh, he put his foot in where he needed to. Um, just the, the Mitchell Roberts was really good running down the uh, left hand side, um, always overlapping, always looking for the ball. Can deliver a quality ball as well. So very um, Andy Barlow esque, just straight down whipping it in. He looked really good, and he, he looks a good bit of business if I'm honest with you. But he, he just got a bit frustrated because you can see he's a lot better than the the current team that we've got. He's, he's quite, you can see he's a quality player. So he was like two steps ahead sometimes. So he got sort of caught. And then he had to rush back and defend, but his pace, he made up for it and he played really well. Um, Gardner played well with somebody actually battling for him, you know, give him the time and space to move. But the shape, for me, it was, it, I spoke to Hallam Hope after the game and he said it was a 4-3-3 in the first half, but Tollett and Hope were always edging towards the right-hand side. Sorry, to the left-hand side and trying to come back in on the right, but Tollett and Hope were too close together and Fondop was up front on his own. And a lot of people said he had a really poor game. I don't think he did because he, he won a lot of headers. But he had every time he headed it to the left or the right, nobody was there supporting him. So I, I thought he had a, quite a good game because... Are you talking about there, Fondop? Yeah, I thought I thought he did have a good game. Who he, sponsors he Fondop? <laughs> no, no, but... <laughs> Danny, Danny, Danny Fairbrother, I think. Danny Fairbrother does. Um I thought he played. I thought he played well. I thought he, he he was holding it up as well, best as he could. But he just needed that bit more support because it looked like a four five four five one to me in the first half, um, and we really pinned them back. Aldershot's goal, uh, sorry, Dan Gardner's goal was absolutely brilliant. You know, twenty five yards out, just hit great, it, great shot, um, and then they scored this fluky toe bang. But that was because Threkel gave it away from our from it, we were in possession. He gave it away on the, in the, in, a, in our defensive area because uh, they tried doing this two touch on the outside of the area, which you just get rid of it and get it up the field. Um, and it was just it was this flukiest toe bang you've ever seen. It just hit the corner of his toe and just looped over the keeper. It, it, it was like Sunday League sort of goal. But it, 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 if you don't shoot, you don't score. Um, all the shot didn't really show much. Um, it was our mistakes that kept on inviting the pressure and inviting the pressure, inviting the pressure. But the last from 55 minutes onwards, they put five at the back and the, we just pinned them in. But when we spoke to Sheridan after the game, he's like, I just want two touch passing because it got to the edge of the area every time Tollett had the ball. He's got no left foot and he just telegraphed what he did every time by going on his right foot. So they just kept on clearing it and it, it just sort of on the edge of the area all the time, not doing that final ball. Um, Hope produced a good save out of the keeper. I thought Hope was excellent. His work rate was off the scale. He played so well. He went. He then went to the right hand side. Then he went to the left hand side in the second half. He adopted a bit more of a four four two, um, and they had five at the back. So it was just trying to break him down. And that pass from Charlie Cooper. Now I know Paddy will always have a go at me, but he, that was a quality pass. He took four players out of the game with that pass. It was very Sheridan esque. Perfectly weighted ball, fantastic final uh, first touch by Hope and the finish. You know, for Hallam Hope, I was quite surprised that it, it was so clinical. It was fantastic. 
Well, I, I was listening to um, the commentary on on Greater Manchester, and and um, they had Calvin Andrew on there, and he, he was he, the things he was picking out were how slowly we moved the ball for much of the game. So he, he just said the passing was too laboured; it wasn't quick enough. We were moving the ball fast enough. The, the pace of the pass into the player was was laboured, so people people would you know the opposition were able to get into shape easy and. and, and and mark people out of the game. So you, they weren't, weren't going anywhere. There was no incisive passing particularly. And and that's exactly what I saw at South End the week before. And exactly what I said last week is we, we were just too slow and, and cumbersome, really. But yeah, that, that pass was absolutely whipped. A whip pass, really, really pace, a lot of pace on the ball. Fantastic first touch from Hope just to get him in behind. Um, and that's, that, that's obviously what you need. It's just a, a little... So Danny Gardner, just a little bit of, you know, ability better than many you know many others could probably uh, finish from that position in in division 5 and then a nice ball from from Cooper through to Hope and that's all you need and you can win games it, you know but from what i heard Aldershot didn't have much to offer but we didn't really do a great deal to break them down it was a fortunate win i would i would probably conclude from listening to the um to the commentary on the radio what did you make of adam i thought we we looked good on the ball but it was very non-existent up front in regards to our chances. Um, I, I think we were off the chances that we had. I think we were lucky to win it. Um, but I, I just don't think that formation works for us at all. I, I think we definitely need a striker who's going to run at the back line and give us a bit of a, a different dimension to our team because Fondop... I've said to Dave before, Fondop just doesn't do it for me. He's, he, he doesn't look interested half the time. And then you've got the, the likes of um, Porter, who's, again, another 30-minute man, if if you're lucky, realistically. Um, Luamba, still young. You, you need someone with a bit more quality and the know-how to drag us through games a little bit more. But no, for me, I thought Tollick was really good. Um I think he's going to be probably one of the standouts for player of the season, I think, already. You can just see he's got a bit of quality about him compared to the rest. Um, Gardner, every time he got his foot on the ball, he was looking for a forward pass. Um, so our full-backs, and obviously uh, the, the new lad come in and David said he was overlapping a lot. I thought he held off quite a bit, to be fair. I, th- I think there was a little bit more about him that he could have every time. He should have been on that last man to, you know, there was a couple of times where Gardner had the ball and he was sat behind Gardner waiting for that ball to then, you know, run onto it. But it's little things that obviously he is going to pick up. But the times when he did run and beat a man and whip the ball in, he's got a quality delivery. So he, yeah. I, I think he's going to be a very good player for us. But obviously still only young. And I think Shez will try and, you know, drag that bit more quality out of him to get forward a little bit more. And But then you look at the back and we're still a little bit vulnerable because... McGay obviously he did well against that. I can't even think F- what the F- last F- one. Yeah, Ebiong, yeah. Um, but that's because both of them couldn't run. You know, it was a t- <laughs> it was a tussle all night. Yeah. Two big yeah. lads up against each other. But I-, I think if there was any pace in that lad at all, I think I think he would have struggled. But for what he had to do, he did his job, and uh, you know we got through it. And the other the central midfield lad, I thought he was tidy on the ball, looked after it. Um, don't think his yellow card was a yellow card in the first no. half. I thought it was a very good tackle, that. But 
apart from that, no, I thought it was a grinded out Sheridan like performance. <laughs> and what did you make? What did you make of Threlkeld? I mean, the if you saw, he was he was all right at Salford, wasn't he? Um, but at Bradford, he's been absolutely pummeled at Bradford. Bradford City fans absolutely hate him. Like he's, but he's been getting sick. If you, if you saw all the messages once he'd signed for us on loan, they were all sort of you know chuffed to bits. They got rid of him. So I don't know what's happened to his confidence. Um, what, we've what, had players like that though, Andy. Oh, we talked about it last week. Loads of them, yeah. You know, Ben, yeah, ben Garrity being a prime example. Ben, ben Garrity, Tom Hamer, um, yeah. Cameron Borth with Jackson, you know. Neil Erdley earlier in, on his, in his career, you know. Who's that? Neil Erdley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking he of can't get worse than what we've got now, can he? Ended, ended up playing the championship. Warren Feeney. I'm only joking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't Erdley play in the Premier League, Dean, for Blackpool? I think he did. He did, yeah. No, Do you I, think we look I, more solid we look more solid at the back as a four though? Do you not agree, Adam? I thought instead of playing that three five two awful yeah. curl esque formation. So like like four- I said last week, with wing backs, you need people with an absolute engine. It's, it's such a difficult role that that I don't think we've got anyone like that who can constantly just keep running all day long. And, you know, it's you've got to be really fit and, you know, have the stamina to keep doing that. And I don't think we've got the players to play it. So 4-4-2 for me is a standard of what what we should be doing. And, you know, Clark will get forward. I'm not personally a big fan of his, but the young lad at left-back who's coming, I think he's, he's going to be real quality for us. Well, Francis Dangol is now a disappointment, isn't he? Because it looks like he's lost his place and will struggle to get back in. And and I think I thought Clark um, behind Nicky Adams when Sheridan came back the back end of last season actually was probably the two of them were two of our better players in that last sort of you know in the, on that seven game run where we were unbeaten mm-hmm. they, they they played pretty well. So he's gone backwards, hasn't he, this season, Jordan Clark? Yeah, yeah. Um, he likes a lot of quality, but like Dave said, I missed Sheridan out. He, he looks a real quality act. I'd like to see him play centre mid. Because um, obviously, you know, he, he's very comfortable on the ball and isn't afraid to get stuck in. Um, obviously, I think he's just filling in at centre half at the minute because we are that short. But it'd be interesting to see him and Gardner together because I think that would be a, a, a nice, tidy lineup that, you know, would drag well, us through games for sure. Let's let's talk immediately about um, if we're talking about centre midfielders that might make a difference. Let's talk immediately about the fact that uh, Alfie McCalmont was photographed with his agent uh, in the Joe Royal stand on Friday night. What do we make of that? We, we need him. I, I would. I was just going to say that if you can get him in alongside Gardner, he, he's probably you know we don't really have anyone capable of passing a football. I think he can take care of it and create opportunities. But then again. We'd need something up front because if he is threading balls through, for example, we've got no one apart from maybe Hope that can make a difference up front. I don't think we've got anything up front, like Adam said earlier. Yeah, and, and that's the other observation is we've got we've got a, a bucket load of midfielders now, haven't we? If you, yeah. if you think about all those that we signed. And obviously, if you look at the injury list, you, you, you talked in the fans only um, bit before about the fact that Hogan is out for 10, 10 weeks, I think. Did Sheridan saying he's in his interview? That's obviously a big loss. And we and Porter's going to be in and out all season because he's made the biscuits now, isn't he? Um, and and Lois Maynard hasn't kicked a ball for us yet, so you know I don't know whether how close he is to coming back. That's another potential midfielder, defensive midfielder. See, we got we got a whole lot of midfielders, but you wouldn't turn Alfie McCalmont down if you could sign him, would you? 
No. I'd be I'd be gobsmacked if we got him, given, you know, the goals yeah. that he scored for us in League Two and the quality that he's got. I think as soon as anyone knows about that interest, I, I think we're in trouble in regards to trying to get him. But, you know, um, yeah, yeah. If, if he enjoyed his time here, that's a, a big thing for a lot of players. And if he is local, then you know, it may suit him if obviously we can provide him with the right sort of wages. But we'll have to wait and see if we get him. He'd be a massive coup, won't it? That's that's it though, isn't it? If if say, you know, sort of, well, not Salford. Salford's a bad example because they'll pay whatever they need to pay. But if like in Accrington Stanley, you get nearly like four thousand a week. If you could go there for the same money, or come to Latics that have got getting six thousand a week, seven thousand, and the away following that we've got, it could, we're still going to be quite a decent pull. It's just whether he wants to play his play his football in League League One or National League because at the end of the day, he could put himself in the shop window, couldn't he? Till the end of the season and get herself a bigger move. That that might be the the way he's looking at it, you know, because he's not going to be match fit now, is he? And if he went to a League One, League Two sort of team, he'd probably be coming on as a sub, but he'd be a regular start for us, wouldn't he? Do you not think? Yeah, I mean, I I'd, I'd play him every week. He, I had a look earlier. Um, he played nearly thirty games for Morecambe last season um, in League One, so obviously he was perfectly adequate in their team. And Morecambe stayed up last year, which is a hell of an achievement given the the size of their club um, to, to have done that. So he obviously had a positive impact on them. So yeah, I'm, I was sort of surprised to see him there, but uh, you know, people have dug out articles from um, Leeds, you know, newspapers that have basically said that it looks like McCalmont and another lad, a striker Jenkins are going to be released. So maybe he is available to sign. So therefore he's not, we don't need to worry about Leeds having a say on where he goes on loan necessarily. I tell you what, I'm all for signing players that Leeds don't want, right? And City and Everton, just get them in. <laughs> I thought we had no budgets for signings. Well, this, well, okay, let's let's come to that theme because there is part of the reason we invited you on was a we had a dropout, so you're a, you're a decent reserve. Thank you. <laughs> you want me to tell you some car edges I've seen this morning? Yeah. <laughs> A one. There's a little bit of a, there's a little bit of a split in the um, in the Latics fan camp in there at the minute. It's a bit tongue in cheek, really. Don't don't tie me in with them realistic ones. I'm not saying you. Well, no, I mean that they're a they're a you know we don't, we don't talk about them. Imbecilic. Yeah, exactly. But there's a little bit of a split around uh, what you might call uh, those that are the consolidation lads <laughs> or lasses. Um, and, and you tweeted in the week, consolidation and stability in the National League. Is, is it time to, to start supporting Man City or what? Well, Which immediately got a reply out of Adam, <laughs> who said, next week's fan guest is right here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let, let, let's have that debate here. It's got, yeah. Dean, tell, tell us what you think about consolidation in the National League. It's, it's the National League, come on. I mean, we should win every week, apart from when we play Wrexham, probably. That, it's, it's the National League. We, we can't, I mean, I'm grateful for the, for the owners taking over. It, it's brilliant news. You know, everyone wants it, local owners. But I just don't, I mean, I don't know what the, what the plan is. All I know is that they want to clean seats, um, get rid of potholes, things like that. You know, I, I, would, I, would, I would sit on a, a, a seat with bird crap on and I'd break my ankle in a pothole if it meant promotion for Oldham this season. I'm not bothered about stuff like that. I just want to see results. <laughs> Come on, Adam. 
don't think Stop I can. You, Evan, just I don't reply. think I can. No. <laughs> Sorry. We get, we, um, yeah, I get it. I get it. He wants to put things in place to improve the experience, which is absolutely fine. But I mean, he spent what talk of twelve million on the club, and then said there's no money left, you know. And then he'd be he'd be shocked or amazed if we got promoted, whatever he said this season. But. Why not just go for it from the off? You've got the fans behind them. He said, you know, everyone gets season tickets. There's big crowds here. But if they put in performances like, you know, for example, the Wheelstone game, if they, if they lose at home every week, or, you know, we won Friday, but if, if they get some bad results, they're not going to be back next season. So it's one of them you can, you know, get them, get winning, winning football in, keep them, keep everyone in the mood. Because that's what we turn up for on a Saturday to see wins. Come on, Adam. For me, you look at the squad that's already been inherited by the current regime and, you know, it's not good. It's not, for me, going to get us anywhere near. So what you're talking about is signing six or seven extra players that's potentially bigger wages because obviously the quality is going to have to be better. And, you know, you, you bring in players in there and... We have signed players since the new owner. Since the new owner's come in, we have signed players. And Sheridan always says, you know, these are my players. So there's absolutely, but you've still got the likes of Luke Weiler, McGay, Stobbs, you know, for me, Fondop. Um I'm trying to think, going Jordan Clark, these players. And we talked about it last week on the pod. A lot of these players have got a relegation mentality. Yeah, there's, there's got to be a massive wind out of all these players that you know. I mean, how long do you stabilize for? You know, this this season's consolidation and stability. What's next season building, and then season three? Well, we might have a go at it. Time just go ticks by, doesn't it? Just go. Oh, for I it. think I think this year fans have got to just accept that, not just accept, but understand that the club's in a massive change of circumstance. I mean. You look at the state of the ground, the ground's literally fallen apart because it's had 20 years of no care. So, you know, if we don't sort that out, there's obviously going to be further parts of the ground that aren't fit to be. I mean, I'm surprised the Chadian has not been condemned by now. Like I said, though, I'd, I would happily sit in that ground with it falling apart if we're winning 2 0 every week. But I'm sure health and safety might have an issue about that. <laughs> yeah. But no, that's just me. I just, I, I want to just see. I know what you're you... saying. Completely I know what you're saying. You know, we all we all want to get promoted and stuff. I yeah. just think this year, I think we've got to be a little bit more understanding to the circumstance. And next year, by all means, free game, go for it. But this if year, it was League One or League Two, I kind of get it a little bit more if we were a football league side. But the National League... Um, I, we, I'm not talking about investing a hell of a lot of money. You don't you don't need to invest that much money in this league, um, but you can't you can't for me you can't just consolidate when there's so many teams like Wheelstone, Aldershot, teams like that. I, I think we should be winning every week, mate. Sheridan says the same. We should be up there. Sheridan says we should be up there as well. Well, he's not going to say any different, is he, Dean? That's the no, point. He's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not going to say, I think this team's a mid-table plodding side and I'll try and get... No, we well, could say, you know, this is for season, you know, get our feet back on the ground, start building, you know, be, be as realistic as the owner. But he thinks we should be pushing on. We uh, we did we did support, touch upon it last week. So some of the players that, you know, you take, you, some of the players that we've signed and some of the criticisms of Sheridan are, well, Sheridan signed Jack Stobbs. Sheridan's, you know, he signed some of these players. Well, 
a lot of these players were signed when our owners were still the Lemsergams, and presumably these players and their agents wouldn't have known of the forthcoming takeover and therefore the, the changing circumstances. So when we were shopping for players in May, June, you know, when we're signing some of them, they, maybe the players that had a choice of places to go would think, oh, it's a basket case hold. And we got those idiots in charge that like, you know, we, come into yeah. the dressing room. So, you, so the, the, the people that we were in market for around yeah. that time probably were narrower in number. So yeah, I, would Alfie well, McCallum... I know we did, we did sign Stockport's captain from last season that won the National League. Yeah, but, Stock, but Stockport didn't want him in League Two, so they didn't think he was good enough for League Two. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it, depends, it depends how you look at that. So I'm, I'm not sure that we'd be talking to an Alfie McCallum as an example, if the Lemsergams are still in charge. And I think that that's the point. So it's going to take a little bit of time for us to for us to adjust and get better players than the ones we've got in, which is why my attitude to it is just to be a bit more, try to be a bit more relaxed about it this season, is I'd love us to compete at the top. And, and if you look, look at the attendances again this weekend, there was like, I think Chesterfield had 7,000, we had 6-6 six, six again, which is another great effort for an evening game. You know, there's, there's four teams in this league that, that you would say are the big teams, and that's Wrexham, Notts County, us and Chesterfield, wouldn't you? And, and, and so, therefore, you, you'd like to think we could compete right up in, in, in there in the playoffs. But when you're saying it doesn't take a lot of money, you know, obviously Wrexham are throwing around absolute ridiculous money, you know, League One money, and Stockport were throwing around League One money as well, three, four grand on players' wages a week. So, it, it's it's not, it, you know... I think if if we were to sign Alfie McCallum as an example, I think that would be a hell of a statement that the Rothwells and the Royals and everyone connected with the club are trying to bring in better quality players. But I, I just think that we might have to be a little bit patient and not expect to win every week, as has been seen. I mean, Wheelstone, who are a part-time side, who, who it's an embarrassment to lose against, are top of the league. <laughs> So that there is actually some quality in the division, isn't there? It's not quite as easy as as um, as, as it might appear. Just oh, we're in Division Five, we should walk this. That sort of arrogance might catch us out a little bit. What do you think, Dave? I think, as you say, you've got to be a bit patient. Um, I think, as you go quite rightly, what you just said is that in the summer everyone thought we were bloody basket cases run by Alan Moe, the circus. Seeing Alpha McCalmont now, and if we can. If we can get him, that could potentially open the eyes to reserve team players that plays in the Premier League, reserve team players in the um, Championship, who would then look to come to us. You know, with Joe Royal's um, connections with Everton and David Unsworth, I think I think we would have more of a chance. But obviously, with the EFL window closing on is it September the first, once that's Certainly closed, week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think then we will see a bit more movement in the market. I think we will get a striker on loan. I think we'll get another midfielder. I think we'll get another another central defender. But again, we've got Luis Maynard, who can play both centre defence and central midfield. And when I saw him in the preseason friendly against Radcliffe in central defence, he looked like a very competent player. You know, he was a very good defender, um, big lad, commanding of the box. Uh, so, yeah. Hopefully we can get rid of Luke Viler. That's the one that we need to get get trim two grand off the wage bill. You know what I mean? Because he's not going to stay around because he's an international keeper for Canada, isn't he? And I think there's a rumor that Lee Camp from uh, XQPR and Swindon was in the um, was in the crowd and he worked with Sheridan previously. No, so Norman's not a brilliant keeper though, either, is he? 
he pulled off a fantastic save in the day. Yeah, he's pulled off minutes. saves. He did against Darkin as well, but I think I don't think he's brilliant. I've seen the goal played... that's outstanding as well. A P roller that just went under his body. I don't think he plays well with a back three in front of him. I think he plays a lot better and he, he's got more a lot, a lot more control when he's got four in front of him because I saw a big difference with four defenders in front of him rather than three on Friday. He used his area a lot better to get the ball. His distribution was a lot more slicker, playing it wide to Clark, playing it wide to Mitch, uh, Mitchell Roberts. So maybe it does affect keepers when they're playing in a, in a back three, you know, trying to play it out from the back. But then he, he does tendency to waste kicks going up for the long ball. But with Fond upon his own, there's not really much Fond up could have done other than had trying to bring the ball down. But again, he had two players on him, didn't he? Um, for, for most of the game. So, well, I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think the keep, I don't think Norman's been as bad as maybe uh, some Rochdale fans would have had us believe. No, he's not he's bad. Not. He's just not, you know, he's just not brilliant. He's just okay kind of thing. Yeah, I like, probably, in regards to Lee Camp, um, he was at the file game on the pitch, um, and I'd asked why he was there, and he'd asked to come in and do his coaching badges with us. So he is in and around the club. Whether if we get rid of Luke Wyler, he might come in as a cheap backup. Um, it'd probably make sense while he's doing his coaching badges, but I think that's the only reason why he's there. To be fair. For, for me, for me though, this 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 whole debate that we're having, you know, the, the consolidation lads versus the we expect to be at the top straight away. Just me and Pad, just me and Paddy. Then expecting. Us. Well, I mean, there are there, there are some obvious contenders, Dean, and you do slot into that category fairly easily. Yeah, with your Paddies and your Rob Turners and you know one or two others, which will remain nameless. But uh, for me, having had such a long time with our club being run by people that aren't putting the interests of the club first. I, I just, I'm in such a sort of like, you know, happy mood about the fact that we don't have to worry about it for the first time. We talk about Morecambe, don't know if you saw, but Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football podcast tweeted something he observed about Morecambe in, in, uh, in the last day or so, actually. So Morecambe have taken out a mortgage against um, their stadium and Morecambe are owned by the same people who own Worcester Warriors Rugby Club, who've got financial dif- difficulties and owe money to HMRC. So you, you've potentially got a position where the owners of the club are now not putting Morecambe's interests first because they're trying to they're trying to concern themselves with another asset. Aren't you? It just feels like we're yet obviously. You know, as you, as you said earlier, Dean, you don't know the plans necessarily. None of us know the fine details. At some stage. We're going to invite on the Rothwells yeah. and the Royals onto the podcast, and we can have a you know a longer format sit down interview like we have done with other other people before, and maybe they can give us a bit more detail around what the plans are for the future, which might put some people's minds at rest about them thinking about medium and long term in front of short term. But I make an assumption that that's what they're doing, and I'm all for having potholes filled in. I also noticed this week that loads of the broken seats have been replaced in the stands. You could see some of the photos, so. They're literally making incremental improvements all the time, um, and, and for me, I, I quite like the you know I, I like the idea of that multi faith prayer room. I think it's a, I think it sends a good signal out. So they they're just doing things that are positive all the time. And that Frank um, interviewing uh, the Atletico was on their tenth year uh, anniversary as well, and, and pushing videos out. The, the communication from the club's great. You know, it just adds to that sort of feeling. I, I I'm quite happy to get behind that and therefore be a bit more patient. I, I, would be, I would be. I mean, like I say, if there was like a 
I don't want to talk about visions and plans because it brings back memories of Dallas. But you know, if the, if if I could see, I'd, if we could see something was in place, I would be inclined to be a bit more patient this season, for example. But I just haven't seen it yet. And like you, like you say, there they probably are going to release something to say, you know, this is what because he did say we should be back in League One. So we'll see. Yeah. I think you well, got to give a lot, of, a lot of credit in terms of it's the it's the easy thing. I know they might be seen as simple things like filling a few pottles and filling, cleaning a bit of bird crap off seats, but it's very quick wins that he's getting all the time. And the communication with the fans, as Andy said, you can't buy that. You know, we've had four years, or the last two especially, where we heard sod all about anything. And now he's constantly communicating. He's trying to bring you know like the, the Asian community to the games with a multi multi-faith prayer room that, that's fant- that's fantastic to see that could get you two three hundred more fans on a gate just by something as quick just as something as simple as a port cabin with a sticker on saying multi multi-faith prayer, prayer room Do you I, know what I, mean? it, I, I was always astounded that the abdallah as a muslim himself didn't try to tap into that it just seemed i'm, I'm praying for a striker mate <laughs> <laughs> but we all are we all we all want that but they're not necessarily easy to come by so i mean a little bit of a little bit of patience. I mean, I've, we've waited over a decade to, to have a team that finishes in the top half. I can wait another season. That's how, that's how I look at it. If It'd it is nice that, then yeah, fine. Like I say, if it is another season, but we don't know. We'll see, won't we? We will see. We will we see. We might go up this season. You never know. Yeah, we've got, anyway, it's very easy. Stockport started last season poorly and got going. So, you know, it's, it's certainly certainly not all over yet. There'll be a lot of it in this league's about momentum as well. I mean, if we can go and back it up tomorrow at York, get a win there, you get a big crowd in against Chesterfield, and if you, you can turn them over, then all of a sudden it becomes a little bit different. Yeah. So, in, in terms of other news, Adam, what have, what have PTB been up to in the last week? Have you... Uh, we know, obviously... Um, the foundation of, of, of met the club and had conversations with them. Have PTB done the same? Yeah, we've had a, an initial <clears throat> introduction this week with Darren, um, just over how we're going to engage and have conversations and um, obviously just setting down some form of basis as to how we're going to work, really. Um, obviously, we are going to try and have regular talks with him and updates like we normally do. Um this was purely just to try and, you know, understand how we're going to work with each other. And um, it was positive. I mean, all that came from that was they want to work with supporters. They want our views as supporters as to how things can improve at the club. And it's just refreshing, you know, that they're, they're going to, you know, ask us points. If, if they've got ideas, they'll send it across to supporter groups and, it's just a refreshing change to hear rather than the closed book of the last regime because it was like every time we met, we felt like we were regurgitating the same stuff, putting out updates because that's all you ever heard from it, it was the same stuff. But, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting and hopefully it's going to be uh, good for our future, obviously, working relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what we want to hear, isn't it? Um, I know there's been a lot of... Um... You know, a lot of positive feedback to the fact that we've got the fans bar on the ground floor of the Joe Raw stand. And then a lot of people sort of pointing out that the queues are, uh, you know, <laughs> going way out into the car park. Have you raised that with Darren and the people at the club? 
yeah, we've raised that this week. Um, that's going to be fed back into Inside the Grounds Quirky Catering, who, who run the, the catering facilities. That's going to be fed back into them. And obviously the fans bar um, downstairs. That's purely, um, you know, that was set up as a temporary basis um, without them really having the the facilities as such, you know, to get it going. But they wanted to get it going because they wanted fans to have somewhere to go pre-match. And, you know, even though it is in very basic form at the minute with, you know, last-minute chairs and things being raised, uh, being put together by uh, fans coming in, you know, it's good. Um, but, no, both have been raised. Obviously, they are looking at different ways for the fans' bar of how it can work, whether they just extend the bar or um, change around the way that it works. But Quirky are also going to be looking at it. And even if it's just as simple as, you know, I remember sitting in the looker stand and if you went down 10 minutes before our time, you'd have about 40 pints stacked up, ready to go, you know, because people would come down and... It's quick money making, isn't it? And you know, if you can get two pints in and a half rather than you know one one pint and uh, having to queue up for another twenty minutes, people will do it. So you, you know, it's it's positive that they're listening and the feedback's going straight back in. So you know, if fans have got any concerns or anything, by all means, let us know. But we are going to be putting out a, a survey this in the next week or so, um, just about what fans think of the current setup in the club, anything that they think not happy with any changes that they think could happen or they think could work, you know, we'll, uh, we'll take it all on board and feed it back into the club because they want to hear it, which is, uh, again, very refreshing. So, I, I mean, I've heard they're going to try and get more pumps on in there. Is that right? So they can try and alleviate that that queue for the time being. Presumably there's a yeah, plan. Yeah, and to... uh, Will Lee's are putting a... Sorry, go on. But I presume there's a plan to finish the top floor as well of that stand because obviously we had the FLG on an, on a long format interview and they talked about it being like a 17 week job to finish that. So hopefully we might hear something about that as well in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, um, I think I'm not sure as to the, the finer details of it at the minute, but I would imagine you know until it's signed, sealed, and delivered, the the ground, the actual purchase of the stand, and the, the rest of the ground the top floor might be on hold. But again, I can't confirm that because it's something that I haven't asked. Um, can ask, obviously, and uh, feed it back ready for next week. But um, the, the fans bar, as far as I'm aware, is still going ahead. But they're still looking at the idea of keeping the one downstairs if it works. You know, I, for me, I think it's... I was all for it going back upstairs and um, having it up there. But now I'm, I've been down there and, you know, you see what it could potentially be in the future i think it's it's got great potential yeah I, I, I possibly i i i mean my view is there needs to be some better junior latics facility somewhere you know like a, a kids lounge with entertainment for kids in there and i don't know where you would house that if you use the entire lot of top floor but listen th these are things we can put to the rothwells and the royals when they come on a podcast and we can ask them loads and loads of questions we just we're leaving them for the time being just, just to settle in so um, you know, they've been doing all the media stuff, so we didn't want to mind them. Did you notice in uh, the program on Friday there was a um, sort of uh, long written um, piece by Luke Rothwell, which I thought was uh, a good read, you know, nicely spelled out the things that they'd had to encounter trying to unlock the deal and, and how they were able to do it. So lots of things came fell into place. Um, and and it was, it was nice to read in there. Um, 
the podcast specifically, Luke mentioned the podcast and called us out for saying that, you know, we'd presented facts to them that were helpful during that process. So thank you, Luke, if you're still listening. Um, and he also mentioned, you know, the, the fans groups being um, constructive in their feedback. So that was obviously good feedback for OSF and PTB too. So obviously having that dialogue does help uh, and ha- having an owner who will listen helps even more. But yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good to see uh, in written format. And yeah, hopefully we can get a bit more meat on the bones in the, in the next few weeks. And then we can satisfy the likes of Dean, Paddy and Rob with their uh, requirements to get near the top of the league and have Birdshit on the seats. <laughs> can I, I just want to thank Luke for mentioning the fawning. Not. Thanks, Luke. Uh, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a big fan. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so obviously the other big news this week was the statement about the land sale so yes it hasn't completed but you would presume that a statement of that ilk is written with you know it's pretty much signed and sealed isn't it It, we've just got to wait for the the lawyers really to complete that process I'd imagine that Christmas was put in there as a bit of a deadline to try and manage expectations but could well be done earlier than that um, would be my guess because that's quite a few weeks away yet so obviously that's that's good news. Um, it was also brilliant to see the realistic guys' reaction to that, wasn't it? <laughs> Burkett, Burkett, and Barry calling out like you know a top hotshot lawyer like they knew more than he did. <laughs> Absolute cretins, a lot of them. They really, really show themselves up, don't they? It's amazing. We've obviously mentioned last week we've got the um, we've got all the the court case details. We're gonna we're gonna wait for it to complete before we go through those. But obviously we've got those to uh, talk about at some stage. But yeah, it's all coming together. All feels like it's coming together. So we might just be able to focus on the football. Um, I guess another lighter stuff. What, what does everyone think of the, the third kit? Nice. Three kits, though, is up for debate, isn't it? You know, I, <laughs> a question for you. I, have bought, I have bought all three shirts for Zach, but um, yeah, so I can't really say anything. Well, it's worth then, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's, here's a question for you. We'll just warm you up before you get before we get to your latex mind shortly, Dean. Um, we'll warm you up. When's the last time we had a kit that lasted two seasons? A home kit, actually, I should add. A home kit lasted two seasons. What a question. I think I know this. Is there actually an answer to this? Yeah. Does anyone know? Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, of course there is. Yeah. (laughs) Go on, Dave. You think you know it? I thought it was a 2009 2010 season. What? 2010 to 2012. It's the the blue one with the white white arms. I guess most famously worn by Shefki Kuchi, if you can think of him wearing that. Yeah, exactly. I know. I thought, yeah, I've just got to be dirt strong, but yeah, I was close. It's amazing, isn't it? We've gone that long. I guess it's we're the same as any other club, but it is unbelievable, isn't it? You know, we, we I thought it was 2002, 2004, personally, but <laughs> obviously I was way off with the, uh, the old Sparta kit. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of kits, isn't it? It is a lot I of kits. I think, obviously, you know, if we could keep, even if we keep the third kit for the following season as the away kit and, you know, recycle in the way that fans, you know, you might not be able to go out and buy the new kit every year. At least I've got something up to date for at least two years and it keeps ticking around because, you know, obviously the shirts do bring in a good, good profit for the club, but if we are going to look after everyone, I think it would be good to try and keep hold of one of the three kits for next season and properly u- utilise it. But 
Obviously, it's another conversation to be had, isn't it? Well, I, exactly. I like the whole, the whole stuff's beautiful, though. Like, compared to remember that Cabrini and Sondico that we used to have, <laughs> that used to wash and the badge would fall off or the sleeves would rip. Or, it, the Hummel kit. Well, what I found beautiful. out, what I found out the other day was Hummel actually owned Pony. Ah. So, I'd be interested to see if we could get some air. Uh, Retro Some of the replicas from the Pony era. I know Andy's uh, rubbing his head there, but... Uh... That, that, that red and blue hoop nonsense. I Beautiful. Beautiful, mate. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, long, I've got a long sleeve Duxbury match worn. It's absolutely beautiful, mate. No, I'll the bloody hell be running it when it, when, it, when, it, when it rained because they're so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you slid, like, if you slid, if you slide tackle someone in that, you'd you just be like... <laughs> you'd have hip oh. ache. It was so heavy. Yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't you, stand that kit. It was horrible, absolutely, absolutely terrible. Real reminds rich. me of Matthew Rush. Matthew Rush, uh, years. What a player he was. Well, did, we got relegated in that kit. I mean, that, that, that was that was the kit that took us down out of the championship. So that's another reason not to like it for me. That's what we wore that year. Anyway, uh, we'll come on to Latics Mine last. Um, but there's also been a statement, a joint statement uh, that you guys have issued. You, OSF and Athleticos, about pitch encroachment. Do you maybe want to just say something about that, Adam? Yeah, it's just obviously, uh, you know, pitch encroachment the last couple of years has obviously been a big thing for the club and, you know, has high- highlighted, rightly or wrongly, the uh, the failings of the previous regime. And we'd spoken amongst the groups and, and said, you know, we, we think it's right that you know we start this new era under new regime in the right way and uh you know try and make sure it doesn't happen because you got fans cheering on the goal and then within you know 20 seconds of that you get fans booing because obviously fans are going on the pitch and you know i think we've been through that area we need to move on um and start fresh and you know at the end of the day, if fans go on the pitch, it's going to start costing us money because I, th- I think we've run a tightrope in the past, um, not getting fined. But obviously, I think the authorities knew why rather than fining us for that. So um, it's just a, a statement to stay, stay off the pitch um, and, you know, just keep cheering the lads on and, and go from there. But, you know, I think we all got a responsibility to push that message and, you know, it seems to have gone down well on social media, and hopefully, it's uh, it sticks with with all fans, really. Yeah, I mean, I think the authorities have come down a bit harder, haven't they? Um, this season on on fan encroachment. I mean, Crawley got told off in the week, didn't they, when they beat Fulham in the League Cup? I think the owners were on the pitch with uh, the the NFT lot. Will Will like them? We're on the pitch with their with their fans. Um, so yeah, I think given we've got new owners. Who've just saved us? I think you know we should probably try to be mindful of the fact that we don't want to be costing them any extra money. Um, I, I know not any of that pitch encroachment was just because it was a last-minute goal. It was just the excitement and the euphoria. But let's let's try and keep a lid on it as best we can in those situations. The best is probably the best thing to say. You going to say something, Dave? It was like a twelve-year-old kid writing the uh, the older shots keeper's face for a good three or four minutes while the celebration went on. Now I don't mind people celebrating a goal, but going on the pitch is out of order. But when you're in front of someone. Pushing the keeper. What's that about? You know what I mean? Get back to mother care. It's just what's the need for it? You know what I mean? It's 
it's shocking. You know, that, that sort of stuff that you, you saw with what happened to Billy Sharp in the playoffs against Nottingham Forest getting getting clocked. Because if that keeper had reacted and he'd have pushed the kid away, it could have been a lot more, a lot worse. And it, it does... There's just no need for it at all. You know, we've got a last minute goal. We've won the game. Just stay off the pitch and just celebrate in the in the stands because it's all all that's needed. You know, as a, even as a referee, the referee were looking very concerned at one point when they came on the pitch because you know it's the world's worst. I've refereed where there's been a pitch invasion in the northwest counties, and it's not it's not a nice atmosphere because players' safety is paramount for the referee and if that that is the report they're going to get big fines and hefty fines latics if they're not if they're not careful and you could be talking five figure sums you know what i mean and they just don't need it and everyone's whinging that we're not getting a striker or we're not getting this you know that could be that could be four or five weeks wages for a player just because like people are running on the pitch like like buffoons you know what i mean right so there you go dean stay off the pitch right <laughs> if you want a striker stay off the pitch so <laughs> let's get Let's get stuck into Latic's mind. We haven't pre-recorded this because obviously uh, Dean is a late fan, I guess, substitute. So we're going to do it live. So uh, the deal is, Dean, if you've listened the last few weeks, um, you've got two minutes to answer as many questions as you can. If you don't know the answer, uh, say pass and we'll come back to it at the end. So as soon as the music finishes, uh, we're into two minutes and uh, I'll ask you the questions. Best of luck. I know Paddy is absolutely bricking himself that you're going to beat him. There'll be a lot of passes. From which club did Latic sign Fitz Hall from? Chesham United. Correct. Who scored Latics only his only goal for Latics away at Leighton Orient on the final day of the 2012-13 season? Oh, pass. I was there as well. What colour was Latics away kit in 2000-2001? Yellow. Wrong. It was maroon and navy blue. Who scored Nottingham Forest's opening goal? In our 3 2 win at the City Ground in the FA Cup of 12 13. Pass. Sean McCarthy scored a stunner at Old Trafford on Easter Monday in 1994. Who scored Latic's other goal? Have we just lost him? <laughs> He's had it off. <laughs> He's going checking the answer, that's what it is. He's, going to, he's giving me editing shit to do here. <laughs> oh, here he is. He's back. Right, after Matt to do it. was good, one. not it? It did, like I said in the in the in the chat, it just went off. So <laughs> Google them now. Sean McCarthy scored a stunner at Old Trafford on Easter Monday, 1994. Who scored the other Latics goal? Pass anything below before 2000 now, what have a clue? <laughs> Who scored on his Latics debut at Kettering in the FA Cup in 2006-2007? Was that Gregan? Correct. Latic sold two defenders to Norwich City in 1988. Pass. Can you name them? No. Who did Chris Taylor score his first goal against? Was it Carlisle? Correct. What title did Chris Moore give himself 
when he resigned as chairman in March 2003? Legend. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Honorary president. What was Latics Club Shop rebranded as in 1989? The Latique. Correct. Which former Latics... I've started, so I'll finish. Which former Latics player was a Seychelles international? Oh, is it that um, Yusuf and Changama? Was it? No, no, I think you. Uh, I think he was. The, he was the Comoros Islands. Ah, uh, same, same islands. <laughs> it was actually Kevin Betsy. Uh. So let me do. Let me add them up. You got one, two, three, four correct. And you had one, two, three, four passes. So he scored his only goal for Latics away at Lake Orient on the final day of 2012-13. It was Kirk Miller. Who scored Nottingham Forest opening goal in our 3-2 win at the City Ground in the FA Cup? It was Matt Smith on goal. Uh, who scored the other goal at Old Trafford on Easter Monday 94? It was Graham Sharp. And two Latics defenders that we sold in 1988 were Andy Linnigan and Mike Flynn. Yeah. Like you I said, right. Anything before 2000, I don't have a clue. You I did all right. You know. You did all right. You currently, you currently sit in second place. So look at it that way. How many has done it too? Four. Oh. <laughs> 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 I was going to effort that. To be fair, I want to got most done. So I think we're done today, lads. So thank you for your time this afternoon, everybody. And best of luck. Who's going to York? Tomorrow? Yeah. I'm, I'm there now. You're there now. Dean's going. Adam, you're not going? Two games in a week. I'll be in trouble for that now. No way. You've got babies to feed anyway, haven't you? That's it. You need to get your priorities right. <laughs> if I see any more tweets about York tickets, though, I'm going to tear mine up and put them on Twitter. <laughs> I've just got the Boar and Wood ones. I bet no one's tweeting about them. <laughs> <laughs> There's the consolidation lads and the cantankerous lads, isn't there? <laughs> Can't let anyone have any fun. It's good so, to have yeah. a mix of everything, isn't it? Absolutely, it is. Yeah, absolutely, it is. And it's good to get different points of view and opinions on here. So, thank you very much for coming on late notice as well, Dean. We really appreciate it. Um, enjoy your day out at York tomorrow. Um, same you, Dave. I'll enjoy listening. And if you're listening to this episode of the podcast on your way to York, remember, please stay off the pitch. Dean's going to stay off the pitch so we can try and sign a striker with the money that he saves the club. Yeah. We shall see you all next week. Cheers, lads. See you. See you later. Thanks. The Band Pack Alert System is hosted and produced by Matt Dean and Andy Halliwell for Q Pod Productions. Visit oafcpodcast.co.uk for loads more info, including how to support us for just $2.99 per month, how to sponsor the show to raise money for the $18.95 fund, and to read Arlene's brilliant weekly blog. Please follow and interact with us on social media at OAFC Podcast, and you can help change the game by listening to us on the Fan Hub app along with all major podcast platforms. Please like, subscribe and review the pod to help us climb the rankings and get more listeners. Pushtheboundary.co.uk and oasf.co.uk are where you'll find out all about our 
official supporters groups, getting involved and continuing to raise money for the 1895 fund. Don't miss the Latics football phone-in with myself and Dave Bradley every Wednesday from 8.30 till 9.30 at youtube.com forward slash the Boundary Park Alert System. Follow us on socials at OAFC Phone-In. You can also catch us on the brand new Greatest Manchester Football Podcast Live every Thursday night from 8 till 9 on the Greatest Manchester Football Podcast YouTube channel. Follow at GMFootPod for all the details. The title music for the show is by DJ and producer Starion with an R and for more information visit bandcamp.com forward slash red laser records. Excellent. Nice one, brothers. Well, let me see. Uh, what do I do here now? This is a new thing. How do I stop this? End broadcast? End broadcast, yeah.